come into realization of why they're doing something. And, you know, not everybody's going to do that because not everybody's a lunatic like us where we hyperanalyze the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> true. For the last for the last third of the movie, what? men are actively yeah. bad. No. I am the father. And here we go. That belongs in a museum. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? You're going to need a bigger boat. This is Sparta! Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sutton, welcome to Jurassic Park. Welcome back to another episode of Easily Entertained. We're back! It's been a couple weeks uh, since I was here, too. I should have made an episode last week I was going to on Mission Impossible, and then yeah. I didn't. Yeah, that's Because I was kind of expecting us to have... Internet. Internet a little bit earlier, but... Blessed be, we got internet yesterday. Didn't so. really happen, so... <laughs> yeah, it's been it's it's been a journey. But yeah, so we're back. Cormac is back. It's yeah. not just me again. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, this week, we are talking Barbenheimer, baby. <laughs> if you don't know what Barbenheimer is, you've been living under a rock. <laughs> True. But... It is the kind of dual blockbuster sensation that is seeing both Barbie and Oppenheimer. Two very different movies, <laughs> which yeah, is, to say the least, quite honestly. But they've been doing really well. And oh, yeah. so we yeah. got to talk about it because that is big entertainment right exactly. now. Exactly. And so first, let's talk Barbie. I'm a mommy girl in a Barbie world. It was pretty good. I'm not even going to lie. And yeah. especially considering both of us. We are not the target market. We'll exactly. Put it that way for it sure. was It was not made for us. We enjoyed it. We're almost, we're almost the antagonist of the film. It, <laughs> true. For the, last, for the last third of the movie, white, men are actively yeah. bad. Yeah. White dudes with blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. I'm sorry for being who I am. I yeah, it's true. <laughs> but it was great. Oh, yeah. I thought it was so much fun. I was hysterical. Oh, yeah. And visually a masterpiece. Yeah. Quite yeah. honestly. Like, I think people would kind of underestimate it for that aspect because it's just so brightly colored. Right. But for the world it's for, it fits phenomenally mm -hmm. everything is should be brightly colored because it's barbie everything should be in hot pink and things like that but then you also have set pieces that are meant to look like barbie toys, toys. yeah and then like full of color and props and kind of funny campy little situations yeah on the visual side of things one of my favorite things was like they have this little almost like a Indiana Jones travel by map moment mm -hmm. where they're going from the Barbie world to the real world and it's like this whole little trans transitionary montage mm -hmm. that it, if you had seen it out of context like on you know TikTok or Instagram reels whatever you might think wow that might that kind of seems low budget lazy choices mm -hmm. but it, I think it. I think it sells the story so hard. Agreed. And it, and and it's a joy to watch. Just something that's just kind of like, oh, this is kind of fun. And uh -huh. it's and it's not because you could even think maybe oh this is like for TV. Yeah. That's like a TV transition, right? And and that might be part of what's going for. I kind of doubt it. Mm -hmm. 
but it's just it feels good to see those kind of things where you where it makes you smile without it seeming super cheap. Mm-hmm. I think it embodies what the toys were, yeah, and how yeah. the sets and everything are, and like the childlike wonder and imagination that exactly. comes from toys like Barbie, yeah. And so I thought it worked extremely well to have set pieces and the visuals all really match that, and the costume design is wonderful, and all the characters are seemingly are like very similarly grabbing that visual attention, mm-hmm. and I really like how. They did that. Um, it's definitely not a movie for everyone. Like we said, we are not yeah. the target market. Right. Um, but I, I'm, I'm loving that about films that come out as of late because some, some are certainly trying to please everyone. Mm-hmm. And if you ask me, if you try to please everyone, you're going to end up pleasing no one. That's true. And Disney suffers from that a lot. Um, not Pixar. There's a difference. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um I, I as we were leaving the theater, I was telling Bryson, it, I, I I can respect it and enjoy it just like I can for uh, Turning Red. Yeah, because I absolutely know I am not the target market for either of those. Yeah, films. you can't turn into a red panda. Exactly, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> I just biologically cannot do that. Yeah. Uh, and so that's I just I love that because especially you know I came into these films with that context. Like I'm I'm not living outside of reality yeah we were two white guys <laughs> walking in like barbie's gonna be for us yeah this is my movie this is my kind of movie absolutely not and that's why i love it because it's it's gonna give me more and we talk about this all the time it, it'll give me more perspective mm-hmm. and just another like it, as close as we can get into living in someone else's shoes almost right like i will never fully understand the the, the barbie movie mm-hmm. and, and then also someone else who isn't me mm-hmm I can get close. Yeah. Movies like this help me do that. And that's why I love them. They allow you to, it's a lot of empathy. It's allowing yourself to be put in other people's shoes and understand their situations. Right. Um, It's, it's, it it gives you empathy that isn't shallow. mm -hmm. And it's clearly not afraid to show it that this movie (laughs) isn't for everybody. Right. Because especially in the last act of the film, they make it particularly apparent that, so basically in the Barbie world, and this is kind of how the toys all are, because they're meant to be kind of a women's empowerment kind of toy. Right. It's why Barbie has so many jobs, so many different looks. It's meant to embrace femininity and embrace womanhood as a whole. Yeah. And so it's very, uh, very much in their world, a matriarchy. And that's, if you don't know what that means, that means <laughs> where a woman leads everything. Yeah. Whereas... The real world, which they come to, is a patriarchy run pretty much exclusively by men. And they make fun of this a lot in the movie, saying, man, patriarchy sucks. It does. (laughs) But so I can understand why some people, it will kind of rub them the wrong way. But it's not necessarily trying to make everyone hate men. It's just saying, hey, these are the systems that are in place let's make fun of them because they are kind of stupid. Yeah. And so the movie kind of ends more like equalizing everything as well. Yeah, trying to be more Mm -hmm. egalitarian. Exactly. And I kind of just like that, like, symbolism throughout the movie. Yeah, I think it does that extremely well. Yeah, and uh, something else that I like about it is with, um, I mean, okay, so, again, we're not the target market, so I don't know a whole lot about Barbie to begin with. And uh, I was surprised that they call um, 
our, our oh, what's her name? That's embarrassing. The actor for Barbie. What's her name? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. How do I'm terrible with actor names. Mm-hmm. Margot Robbie. Her bar- Barbie is called Stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. And that kind of surprised me. Um, instead of something like Original Barbie or Barbie Prime, I don't know. Um, <laughs> they went with Stereotypical I because I am Barbie Prime. Barbies roll out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because of of that, um, I mean, it's very you know feminine driven, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But they do call her stereotypical Barbie because even in her original creation, I mean, Barbie's an old toy. It is, and it's so from like the fifties. Yeah, rooted in it's that, really old. Rooted in that is some patriarchy, mm-hmm. and so calling her stereotypical Barbie is. And even the company, yeah, in the movie <laughs> that Mattel that makes Barbie is only run by men. Yeah. There is one. <laughs> there is one lady, and she's a secretary. <laughs> yep, yep. And the ghost of the lady who made the original Barbie, which was something else I wanted to bring up, is it? It taught me some history of the mm-hmm. toy, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, thoroughly. Where and and then those are those for me as who I am watching that film. I, I probably my favorite parts because of. Well, the learning that it does and then the impact that it had on me because most of this film doesn't impact me directly Mm -hmm. um, because I won't have the, you know, shoes to experience these things. You're not a woman. Right. I'm not. Yeah. And um, so those moments where where like she's where Margot Robbie Barbie is talking to. Oh, man. What's the like? What was her name? Talking to the original person mm-hmm. who designed Barbie. Yeah. Those moments Ruth, were my favorite. I think that was her name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those were my favorite moments because one, it taught me history. Two, it taught me like like how it was for her a little bit, obviously. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't dive into this super a lot on purpose, but it taught me a little bit of how for her it was in her world, why she made Barbie and whatnot. And, and it, it, it almost redeems not fully of course because that's impossible but it almost redeems a little bit of that rooted patriarchy in Mm -hmm. the creation of stereotypical barbie where she was like well that just wasn't my original intention unfortunately when i let that idea out into the world Mm -hmm. that's what it became yeah and so that was a a true joy for me to see yeah i really liked it i thought that kind of stuff the history as well as the fun campiness of it yeah really made really sold barbie um for us and then I'm sure for all the women out there that have watched it, because I know my sisters have recommended it. And so... Yeah, I don't like, even have sisters. I don't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know for them, because like they had told me that they cried at certain yeah, moments. Yeah, exactly. And I think being that I have sisters, there were some moments where I felt those same emotions. And I was like, okay, I understand Yeah, more about why this is the way it is. And I can understand extremely how for women of all types, sexuality, race, whatever, it doesn't matter. Exactly. They can all relate and it can impact them very well. And it's a kind of movie I think they kind of need in the world right now with a lot of things. Starting to tip some scales. Having been kind of taken away. I think it's helpful to still empower everybody i don't think we need to be exclusive to people and i think minorities in particular women and everyone right i think they all need to feel as equal as the white men (laughs) because we run everything yeah it kind of blows 
Yeah, that was something that I was thinking about going in because just before we went in, we ran into my friend and she was telling me, well, her and her husband. Yeah. They were telling me how, like, just kind of preparing us. They're like, feel, be ready to feel kind of hated as you leave the film, which I wasn't. That was just kind of their perspective on it. I, was, I, I love feel, hating on the patriarchy. It's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't feel hated coming out of it. I'm, I'm scared that a lot will. Yeah. But then when, like you said, when she said that she had cried at certain moments, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And and again, I, I'm glad for that. Yeah. Because I, a lot of movies are geared towards other things, and they do mm-hmm. make me cry, and that's a good thing, but it's good to have ones that don't and do for others. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only just in this context, in any other context where it's like somebody, like, like I cry it inside out sometimes, mm-hmm. but uh, other people are like, nah and that's a good thing yeah because not everyone's supposed to cry at everything correct it's not going to hit hard with everybody yeah because like you said not every movie is for everyone yeah yeah and so i really like how barbie did it disney we're talking to you yeah get it together <laughs> but yeah barbie is pretty good absolutely love it first part barbenheimer done <laughs> now prepare for a bit of whiplash because oppenheimer <laughs> is way different than Barbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and both magnificent movies for very different reasons. For the yin-yang of exactly. reasons, if you will. <laughs> so Oppenheimer um, is based off uh, true is based off true events during World War II of J. Robert Ar- yeah. Robert J. Oppenheimer, I think that's his name. Yeah. Um he was one of the he was the lead physicist around the invention of the atomic bomb. And so the movie is definitely during that World War II time and uh, a little bit after during the beginning of the Cold War with a lot of uh, nuclear scares. And so that movie, it's definitely a bit more tense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot more... It, you feel your heart pounding the entire time. Right, yeah. I've seen clips of people talking about, like, we kind of already know what happens. No, you don't. No. Like, unless, you, unless you're like my coworker and you've read the Oppenheimer uh, biography, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, you will learn something from this movie. Yeah. You absolutely will. Yeah, I because I didn't know tons. Because right. I, I knew, like, the basic premise. Right, everybody was, knows was general like, info. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the guy that invented the atomic bomb. But it's so much more than that. It's yeah. understanding the political aspects, um, being that Oppenheimer kind of supported some communist ideas. He was right. not a member of the Communist Party. Never was. But the ideas and the sense of equality and, like, socialist right. ideas, and, and which I can be in support of a sure. lot of the times he was very involved with that kind of stuff yeah and he pushed for people to, to fight for equality yeah and and, so to, you, and to be educated which mm-hmm. was something that i didn't even know really about i, I mean obviously it makes sense but mm-hmm. i didn't know that he was like a like a big professor and whatnot and yeah and that's I mean, at least part of the reason why he was associated with those other parties and like leftist is what they mm-hmm. refer to it a lot in the film, especially um, where he's there almost for just learning mm-hmm. and just he's he's a smart person and smart people are complex. Well, OK, everybody's complex, but it, it, it's just he he's there to learn. He's mm-hmm. a learner. And, and 
which I love about people. If if you're a learner, then you never stop learning. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite kind of people. Okay, if you've decided you stop learning, I don't want to work with you. Yeah, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> yeah, and I think like with that aspect, they used that visually as well Mm. so a big thing in the movie is that anytime you view things from oppenheimer's perspective things are in color it's meant to because color is very complex and it's how a physicist thinks they're very open Mm. to new ideas and to new theories and trying new things and then you have another character's perspective uh dr lewis strauss doctor i can't i think so uh, yeah, I don't. I know. can't remember. Louis Strauss. Louis Strauss uh, he's played by Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and Oppenheimer is played by Killian Murphy. Mm-hmm. But so Strauss is uh, every scene with his perspective is black and white because he thinks very he black thinks and white. Because kind of with the political stuff, he thinks very politically, which is very much one side or the other. Yeah, there isn't a lot of gray area. There should be. There isn't. <laughs> right, yeah. And so at least at least, you know, for for those certain members yeah. in politics where they do think that way and it causes issues like Oppenheimer being in the position that he was. Yeah. For for just I mean, I, I, persecution is not the right word for, mm-hmm. for like political attack. That's what it is. Yeah. So just under political siege. Like having my older brother who has majored in political science and um just from the small conversations that I've had with him it, it it helped me watch this movie mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I can see these concepts at play with Louis Strauss. And, yeah. And just, it's, it's yeah. I mean, and the black and white thing was, it was kind of boggling my mind watching it in the thing. I was like, okay, is it having to do with timing? Like, mm-hmm. at Because that's what we initially thought. Yeah, at first I thought maybe it's, you know, so the movie plays out out of chronological order. You see mm-hmm. clips from here and there and here and there. And so I thought maybe it switches from black to white after we set off a bomb, after an A-bomb goes off, whether it was the test, whether it was, mm-hmm. one, you know, the two in Japan, whether, you know, one of those things. But that's just not the case. And by the end of the film, we figured it out, which I, I love those moments, too, mm-hmm. with a movie where you, you kind of come into realization of why they're doing something. And, you know, not everybody's going to do that because not everybody's a lunatic like us where we hyperanalyze the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was truly beautiful to watch it, and I would love to go see it again and watch it from that perspective where I'm like, okay, so every time we're in black and white, we're thinking Louis Strauss. Mm-hmm. Every time we're in color, let's try to think like Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. And with that, like all the different perspectives, it allows for those different kind of commentaries because you have the political commentary, but you also have the aftermath, mm-hmm. the realization of what you have invented and right. kind of started. Because yeah. like... Everything with that is very theoretical until you start yeah. proving it. The best example and of then, that is when they're talking about, like, we're not sure if this is going to end the world or not. Mm-hmm. Like, the the chances are near zero. Uh, because at the beginning, it's like splitting atoms. It's revolutionary. Yeah. Because you never, like, they knew atoms had pieces to them, but they didn't realize there were capabilities of breaking them apart. Right. And so learning that it was merely an exploration kind of test. But then as soon as they do it and realizing that different parts of atoms can break other parts of atoms, that's when they come to the realization this is going to be used for bad things. Yeah. And that's why the arms race kicks off because America wanted to be 
first mm -hmm. to create that kind of nuclear weapon. Classic America. Yeah. <laughs> and so you then have to deal with the repercussions of not only inventing something so dangerous, but they used it. Mm -hmm. And they used it to kill thousands mm -hmm. of people, mm -hmm. both innocent and military. Yep. And so you deal a lot after that, that fact with Oppenheimer's guilt mm -hmm. that he feels that he, although he's done a wonder for science and he has figured out this incredibly powerful thing, it is now kind of perpetuated something further. Yeah. That's what I thought the film would focus on the most. Yeah. And I think, I think that is, you know, I don't know. I think they did a really good job of balancing what yeah. was important to this man's story. Because I really did think that would pretty much be like 80, 90% of what this film was mm -hmm. about, but it's not. Exactly. And, and that's what I was truly, you know, pleasantly surprised by. Because, like I said, I learned a lot about who he is and, and what was happening around him. I would say that that kind of guilt and dealing with after, aftermath was... 40% maybe yeah and so I, I truly enjoyed that about it where I was like really surprised of what they wanted us to know about this story mm -hmm. and I think with like the pacing and everything oh, yeah. as well because of that like having to go between all those different kind of stories and thematic elements despite the movie being three hours long it <laughs> never really feels like it drags it balances all balances those all out well where you're never like okay well let's get to the next part of the story you are very much invested in the entire thing there were several times throughout the movie where at least the two of us i think i noticed other people in the theater too leaning forward and being like oh what yeah. is happening and, edge of your seat and type. like yeah. we said earlier actively learning like the characters mm -hmm. wanting to know more about the technology, the politics, the aftermath, the personal the, lives, the person it's that kind of movie, which I think makes it so well liked and right. so well made, even despite being so vastly different from other blockbusters of the year. Yeah. 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 And so I don't know. Oppenheimer. Fantastic. But yeah. That's mm. what Barbenheimer is. So let's talk a little <laughs> bit about, some of the duality, duality, how the <laughs> phenomenon really came to be, because both of these movies did release on the same day and they were announced that they were going to release the same day, I think at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of kicked off this meme of Barbenheimer, which was seeing both of them at the same time. Yeah. Uh, every time new promotional material came out for one or the other the other would also start trending using that same promotional material that fans would have made. Yeah. One of my favorites was like something about how the Miami Barbie dream house has just popped up again. And, yeah. and then like the first comment is, oh man, the Oppenheimer marketing team has the chance to do something amazing. Yeah. Or <laughs> like anytime Barbie's character posters would come out with mm. the classic like Mattel logo with the Barbie coming out, like how they usually do with the toys, right. they would put Oppenheimer characters yeah. in the middle, which I thought was hysterical, but they kind of kept revitalizing each other. They kept pushing each other along. They kept each other on the front page. Exactly. And with that, the opening weekends 
have been phenomenal because Barbie and Oppenheimer released on the 21st, so just last week. Yep. Barbie, uh, I haven't checked the numbers today, but since I last checked, I think yesterday, Barbie has made almost 400 million, and Oppenheimer has made almost 200. Ooh, man. So that is ginormous. Together, especially because a lot of people are seeing these movies together. Same day, baby. Exactly. Got to do the full Barbenheimer <laughs> experience. Because they've been seeing these together, they've been perpetuating each other. Mm. And this has been one of the biggest openings of all time. Not only just of the year, but people. Uh, I think I had read something since Endgame. Mm. This has been the biggest opening right. of a film, like by far. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of been pretty impressive, despite them being two vastly different movies, c- catered to completely different audiences. Oh, yeah. Oppenheimer being a World War II biopic that is rated R and has very adult elements. You have Barbie, which is PG-13 and meant for more of a younger audience, typically like teen and upwards. Yeah. And being PG-13, it's way more likely to make that much money. Oh, yeah. PG-13, isn't that the highest grossing rating ever? PG. Oh, is it PG? Yeah, Uh because... uh, families can families. Also see it, and so triple up the tickets every time. Exactly, <laughs> <At least. laughs> fair enough. Fair but enough. so it's really impressive that both of these movies have been seeing such success, despite being vastly different. Yeah, but total yin yang for yeah, sure. But still having a lot of similar elements. Still, oh yeah, providing about, a lot I mean, of commentary on different kinds of issues. Yeah, they 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 both talk about the human experience for sure. I mean. Every movie's going to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's what I love to try and look for when I'm looking to learn from a film is just more human experience. Mm-hmm. And I think they, because of like commentary that they provide as well, it, I don't think it's really a huge coincidence that they're both being released around this time. Oppenheimer is dealing with a lot of, well, both of them are dealing with a lot of equality mm. type stuff letting people express their ideas freely, being able to be who they are in different situations. That's very much the case in Barbie and then more of a subtle background theme in Oppenheimer. You have Oppenheimer also uh, kind of talking about the dangers of nuclear war and with major wars kind of happening at the moment constantly. I think it's kind of a reminder that we have to be very careful about what we're doing and try and come together rather than keep breaking apart Mm -hmm. because that's something that i would never have guessed about oppenheimer and and his story who he is he thought that i mean he knew what he was making yes he's not a dummy he knew that this was going to be incredibly destructive real like casualty numbers scary size i mean they they had all guessed and every guess was an underestimation on you know casualty numbers and whatnot he thought that this would be like after this there is no there's no turning mm-hmm. back like this is something that is going to like like you know they they use the term maybe once or twice in the film the war to end our wars like will this end all wars and that's what he thought that's what he mm-hmm. thought he was doing that's why that's what kept him going yeah but and, then afterwards it kind of perpetuated everybody right right mm-hmm. ugh scary yeah and so you have a lot of those themes with oppenheimer and then you have barbie with a lot of equality themes being who you are and like standing up for kind of what's right 
in a lot mm-hmm. of these situations. And so I like that even though they kind of are very different in their executions, a oh, lot yeah. of their core central themes are incredibly similar. And I think that's why, although you kind of get a bit of whiplash watching both of them. <laughs> Certainly. You still feel very fulfilled watching both of these movies. Yes. And I think that's what like the Barbenheimer phenomenon really has been. And I think it's really exciting. And I'm yeah. excited to see if more movies end up kind of being similar and releasing right. same days and seeing if we right. have more phenomenons very yeah. much like this. It's exciting, like you say, how it's, since Endgame, the highest, combined, right? Yeah. Since Endgame combined, it's the highest, you know, return weekend. It's good to see a rejuvenation of the theater. Yeah. And with, with films that are up on the horizon, I mean, like the TMNT stuff and, mm-hmm. and I don't know, Haunted Mansion, Gran Turismo. Like, I, I just I just hope we get a huge revival for the theater because I love the experience. I agree. And for the people that create it, oh, I think... yeah. They need it as well Those because deserve it. The people like uh, the actors and writers for what is it, SAG AFTRA? I think that's what the Actors Guild is called. Oh. That are all on strike right now. Mm-hmm. Fully support them. They all deserve Certainly. proper pay and better working hours and just better conditions overall. I think companies really need to get over that and be yeah. like, come on. Really? These are people that deserve real jobs. We do not need to be replacing real creative stories with AI. Mm-mm. We do not need that kind of stuff. And so we're excited to see what comes next, and hopefully the companies get it together. Yep. But yeah, so that is Barbenheimer. But before we go, remember what we have. It is the question of the week. It is a bit of a shorter one because we don't really have to go as in-depth to answer this one. Yeah. But... It is which order are you going to be seeing or have seen Barbenheimer in? We saw Oppenheimer first. And then Barbie. And then Barbie, which I think is kind of the best way to watch it. Because you watch something that's not exactly depressing, but it makes you think. It's hefty. It's hefty. It makes you think a lot about the choices of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Which in turn thinks about your choices and you're like, who am I? Exactly. What am I doing? And then you go see Barbie, which is a very fun, uplifting kind of movie. Lot lightheartedness comparatively. And, exactly. Yeah. So that's how we think you should be seeing it. Certainly. But let us know. Are yeah. you seeing it that way or are you seeing it the other way around? Yeah. Share, share your favorite Barbenheimer meme too. Exactly. At the same time. <laughs> share your favorite Barbenheimer meme and uh, let us know. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be doing Barbenheimer. Right. Are you yeah. going to be doing just Barbie? Fair just enough. Oppenheimer? You should do both. Should do Because both. they're both wonderful. Assuming you can. True. Oppenheimer's rated R. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> if you can do it. Do it. Go do it. Because it's a great time. Uh, you'll learn You'll learn stuff about humanity and yourself. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, that does it for this episode. Thank you, Cormac, for once again being here. It's always a wonderful time. You know I love it. It's oh, true. yeah, I do. <laughs> but yeah. Until next time, this has been Easily Entertained. See ya. You have been entertained. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Easily Entertained. If you enjoyed, be sure to tune back in Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, where we're available on all podcast platforms. And if you want all the latest updates on all things entertainment, check us out on social media for Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And until next time, this is Easily Entertained.